non-stop music. 24 hours a day. We play the hits. Other stations still have players to play. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. With Alan Moore. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is that time of the week. Well, listen, it's an hour earlier than usual, but I'm Alan Moore. This is Capital Sport on Moscow's Capital FM. It is the biggest show of the year so far of 2021 as we race around Europe to preview the European Championship final. And boy, do we have a superstar lineup in ready for you, okay? Because we're going to have, the, as usual, the very best news, views, reviews, previews, and interviews in the world of sports. In just a moment, we're going to go to the two Andes. Andy Sult, they're going to reflect on Stan Cherchesov getting the boot from the Russian national team. They're going to talk about Conor McGregor no longer having a leg to stand on or just only having one leg to stand on. And then we'll begin our European Championship final preview with the Notorious Three. In part two, that is around 9.20, we have three superstar hitters of world football. We have journalist and author and a friend of the show, Johnson O'Brien. He's returning. And then we will have ExtraTime.com's editor, Dave Donnelly. And to represent the Italian side, we have Nima Ruzzari, who is an Italian football expert. He's a journalist. He's founder of Sempre Inter, that's Inter Milan, of course, and co-host of the Italian Football Podcast. That's all in the build-up for the grand finale. And in the third, of course, we are going to have a Euro-themed Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Now, before I introduce who's back with me in studio, I'll just give a bit of a news rundown because this weekend, there has been a knot on the go. Ashley Barty, she won the Wimbledon Ladies Singles title yesterday. The only the second ever Australian to win the title. She beat Karolina Pliskova in three sets just a little, uh, just about an hour and a bit ago. Uh, well, it's not a surprise. Novak Djokovic, he went for number 20, Grand Slam number 20, and his sixth Wimbledon to equal Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. He beat the Italian outsider, Matteo Berrettini. Okay, then uh, some good news for Russians at uh, Wimbledon. Well, kind of good news. In the final of the ladies' doubles, uh, Veronica Kudermetova, which of course uh, our friend, he was here in the moment, Peter P. <laughs> he couldn't remember her, her name, he thought she was Italian. And Yelena Vesnina they made the ladies doubles final they lost 7-9 in the third set to a Taiwan Belgian pairing of Xi uh, and Mertens uh, Lionel Messi he finally won something in football he won his first title as an Argentinian international when uh, his guys um, beat uh, Brazil 1-0 in the Copa America final early on this morning uh, it was an absolute awful awful match it did, it did end the 28 year wait for Argentina to win the Copa America again and with four goals Lionel was named the tournament best player or MVP. Uh, okay, some mad stuff in the Tour de France. Well, we always kind of know it's kind of mad. The Isle of Man's Mark Cavendish, even though at the end of last year he was without a team, he was over the hill, couldn't cycle anymore. He won uh, his 34th stage equaling the great Eddie Merckx uh, and he won it with a chain falling off his bike. Yeah, go figure. There's a lot, lot to talk about this. We're going to speak about it next week with uh, Thierry Villeri. Um, Tadej Pogacar, the uh, Slovenian answer to Ivan Drago, he is still top of the rankings. Earlier on today, up the mountains of Andorra in the Pyrenees, um, the American Sepp, or, yeah, Sepp Kuss, he won the first stage for Americans since 2011. 
11. Yes, he joins Tyler Hamilton, Lance Armstrong, Floyd Landis and a host of other notables in uh, achieving that result. Um, okay, we mentioned, uh, we're going to speak a bit in just a moment, Conor McGregor, of course, he lost overnight uh, to Dustin Poirier with a broken leg. Uh, in the NHL, uh, the Stanley Cup was decided. Tampa Bay Lightning did a twosome, or a, a two in a row, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, my guest here in the studio is very, very happy with that. So they uh, won the series against the Montreal Canadiens 4-1 in the NBA Finals. It is 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they're defying all the odds. Uh, game 3 is on tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. Moscow time. And just one little notable thing as well. Team USA in basketball, they lost to Nigeria last night, 90-87, because just a couple of years ago, they beat Nigeria by 83 points, okay, by 83 points. Um, it's only the second, or I think it was the second or maybe third loss in the history of men's basketball after 1992. Okay, straight away bringing in Andrew Flint. Andrew, um, he's gone. Stan is gone. Stan the man has been fired. Um, does that make sense? Is it the right thing to do for Russian football? Oh, 100%, and it's long overdue. Um, I, there was a flicker There was a flicker where I thought during this European Championships he was about to start conceding. He needed to revolutionise the Russian side, bring in the younger players, uh, but then he reverted to type. And he's a, he's a stubborn old mule. He's never going to change. Uh, and if he's never going to change, then he has to be changed. And thankfully that's happened. Um, uh, it almost, almost to a degree, doesn't matter who comes in because whoever comes in will have to put a new stamp on it. And they've got some great young players they can bring in. Chichesov was never going to do it, and they had to bite the bullet. And thank God they've done it now. Okay, now Peter P um, is in the studio with us. So before we go to Andy Mack, because Andy Mack has his take on this as well, uh, Peter P, welcome back. Two years away from uh, from the studio because you had a, a, a two year ban. We won't say what for, but let's just say that there were some under the table dealings with the next person on the line. Um, hey, listen, hey, listen, <laughs> you, you uh, you've been looking into this. Who could re- who could be replacing Cherchesov? There's three names that are top up the list, isn't there? Well, yeah, everybody's talking about Andre Vilas Bosha and Sergei Semok of the Zenit Club. And, of course, we can't forget uh, the man, the myth, Domenico Danesco. I think I'm pronouncing Tedesco. it right. Tedesco. Yeah, Tedesco. Yeah. I'm pronouncing it right. So, yeah, but I, you know what? You know what? I've heard what Andrew has to say. I do agree to some extent, but they still did, did my man dirty. <laughs> I mean, he did. Like, I, I just remember the, the good old days when, when we hosted the club and everybody was rooting for him. Everybody was shouting, like, praise the, the stash or whatever. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to let go, but I do, I do see and feel the need for it. Okay. Uh, Andy Mack, um, is Peter P. Rice, uh, was his man done dirty? No, he's 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 a dirty great scab that had to be picked <laughs> off Russian football. Um, I think they've done it far too late. And by the way, folks, um, next week we will have Stanislav Churchistov live in studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, just move you on. Translate it the wrong way around. <laughs> All right, go on ahead, Andy. Go on, Andy. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, you know more than most that what always upset me about him was that I, I always felt they never really picked the best 11. Um, funnily enough, I think he probably picked the best 11 out of the squad he had in the last game in the groups and they lost, uh, which says to me that the tactics and everything else are clearly dated. Um, and I think it's a thankless task for whoever whoever takes over. 
Okay, no, that is fair enough. I mean, uh, Isol, you've been listening to us talking about it, and do you think that it's, this is a, a normal reaction to get rid of the head coach after, let's just say, a rather, you know, kind of average, it wasn't underwhelming, he just basically didn't have the team, and he was also in a, a pretty much a group of death. Well, I suppose the group has to be factored into it, but it does sound and has sounded like this was coming. They're, they were never going to get out of that group being realistic and I don't think their performances were much to write home about. Um, it's probably a bit of a hasty reaction, but if you don't change now, we're going into a very short turnaround to the next World Cup, so you have to make these decisions, I think. That's true. Okay. Um, okay, we, we've, we've mentioned, uh, Peter was looking into it, who, who is on the kind of the next chopping block. So you have Villas Boas, you have Tedesco possibly, but I think Tedesco is more a wish list. They have spoken with Villas Boas from what we know. Um, and also, of course, Sergei Seymak, which does seem like kind of more wishful thinking. Um, Andrew, if you were to pick anyone, who, who do you think should take over? Well, at this point, maybe it is a knee-jerk reaction because Chichasov is about as Russian as they come, and I mean that in a positive and a negative way. So perhaps a foreign coach is what is needed. Personally, I'd, I'd like a romantic return to course hitting, but um, of those three candidates, um, I don't think Tedesco would last five minutes because he demands control. and he, I don't, He's not an international manager. He needs daily hands-on management. So of those three, Villas Boas would be my pick. Um but um, I wonder whether he would have the patience either. We've seen what he's done um, going off to the Paris-Dakar rally when he fancies it. So um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely convinced. But Village Bros would be my vote of those three. OK, Andy Mack, uh, other than Neil Lennon, who would you reckon should be taking over the job uh, in Moscow? Um, out of those three, I think I, I would stick Russian for now. I, I think Sergei Samak's probably one of the most progressive that they've got in camp. I think if they... As Esalt correctly pointed out, you're not that far away from, from another tournament already. Um, and I think perhaps a steady pair of hands that perhaps knows Russian football inside out, someone like Carpin might be tempted um, and wouldn't change and tinker too much. Uh, and I think that might be the way forward because I think uh, if you're going to start this progressive transition for, for the youth, now is the wrong time to do it. Okay, uh, an ex-Spurs manager being lumbered in, maybe they should maybe try to grab another Spurs manager. Maybe Glenn Hoddle might be on, on, on the go, Eselt. Um, well, Villas Boas also did a stint at Chelsea, so I don't know how much I particularly liked having him with us. But, I, God, I, I think at this Sam stage... Sam Allardyce. Yeah, oh, I was about to say he's um, I think there's a very good point made by Andy, though, about... You might want someone who knows the ins and outs of the national setup when you have such a quick turnaround. You, do, you don't want to have someone coming in cold and trying to, like, basically plan for the future. You have an immediate tournament coming up. There's no time for that. Um, apparent, not apparently, but obviously, Yuri Seoman has uh, thrown his hat into the ring. He's been using his friends in the media <laughs> to sort of get himself out there. Um, there's money to be made, so Yuri is there. Okay, now moving on very, very quickly because we have a lot to get through. Um, starting off, Isolt, uh, Connor broke his leg last night. He is, you know, now looking possibly for a fourth fight. Is it time for him to, to hang up the jockstrap? Um, it is. It most definitely is. I think last night was one of those ends. The end to the fight, obviously, even your opponent and Dustin was, I thought he was excellent in his post-fight uh, press conference, but your opponent doesn't want a fight to end like that either. 
Um, but when you see Conor McGregor on the ground, still hurling abuse at uh, Poirier's wife, who's standing in the octagon, it just, it was a very, it, it maybe gave a reflection of how far he has fallen. And like, this is a man who was winning fights comfortably and climbing up the sides of the octagon, being like cheering out at fans. And now he's lying with blood coming from his ear on the ground. It's, I think maybe it's time that even though we will probably have to endure a fourth fight, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind as to who would win that. And even in his post-fight um, interview, McGregor was suggesting he was beating the head. And I'm <laughs> quoting him. No, no, no. Yeah, beating the head. Yeah. Yeah, beating the head. Of, <laughs> it's not good grammar. Of, um Dustin, which he, he just wasn't. So no, he, said, he said it with an accent that was really like a drunk guy who just had had this the, the face slapped off him and he's Look, like kind of like staggering I'm, against the wall and I'm, I'm bang the head yeah. You know? My, that's my local accent around here. Excuse me, I'm from around there and I don't have that accent, so excuse yourself. Yeah, right. you, that's what I get going down to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> you get well okay, anyway. Okay, very okay. But to move on we've moved on uh east on that. Um uh, Peter, you you were looking at the memes of this, and you just reckoned that it was well, just fun. Oh well, yeah, because because uh, I'm being a cheapskate like I am. I I don't usually like stay up and wait for the fight. I usually try to like find some like I, was, I used to go like online and try to find the fight. And when I typed in McGregor Poirier three, everything was just swarming with the McGregor memes. <laughs> Like I don't know if you I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the pop culture pop, pop cultural reference I, I'm gonna make, but he was doing the stanky leg when he was like his leg was because I've seen the like his leg was like it was like snapped in half kind of, but I I kind I kind of want to jump in and say that yeah uh, Poirier he was dominating the whole round to be fair, and then again I want to agree with what you sold it's just not it it shows how much the like i i okay i used to like i used to like how he used to like behave not i don't support him fully but like he was he was a fun guy to watch and now when we see him like beaten down on the ground still is is just hurling insults it's yeah. not the same no no no, it's, no. Not it's, the it's, same. it's it's not good it's not good it's like arbat on a sunday night um late on a sunday night uh andy mack and myself know well about that andy mack i want to start what off with you um because andrew flint has a bit of news from down wembley way but um are you fully behind gareth and his men i mean because england have been invaded so often that you know this is why the boys are are, are in white are up for it I'm 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 preparing to learn the words for Bella Chow um, <laughs> in the hope at full time I will be able to record myself singing it somewhere. <laughs> okay, so uh, but hold on, just give you a sec. England or Italy? <laughs> Is that even a question? <laughs> no, I, I, listen, it's a different it's a different thing of who you're up for and who you think is going to win. So uh, who, who who are you up for? Oh, no, sorry, who's going to win? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I, I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a draw at full time, and then I'll I'll, I'll have to hide behind the couch and, and and pray that Italy do it on a Sunday for the Pope. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Isol, is the Pope a Catholic, and can Italy win on penalties? Um, I'll go into any form of religion to make sure that England do not win. I'll be praying to God, gods whatever, sacrificing a dog if necessary. <laughs> Your dog just heard that and said, you will not, you bitch. <laughs> the England team, if you've seen the lineup, my God, it screams we're going to go to extra time and hopefully see them beaten on penalties because oh. it's a okay. defensive. 
Okay, so draw and on pen penalties. That's from you, Nandy. Okay, Andrew Flint, there has been some carrying on by fans. Uh, let's not just say England fans, but you say by idiots um, knocking around the place. Yeah. Uh, wrecking, well, wrecking down Wembley Way, and they had um, broken into Wembley Stadium. Or what? What's happened? Can you just give us a quick update? Yeah, it was, it was about 45 minutes ago, reports came through of fans breaking through the security barriers and, and charging up one of the gangways. Um, they've apparently been thrown out, so that's good news because they're utter scum and I can't stand the way they give England fans a bad name. Um, and all the way down Wembley Way, there been reports of broken bottles being thrown, um, abuse being thrown, at Nigel Farage included, so, you know, there's some merit I suppose but it's no justification for that level of violence it's a game of football and we wanted people to be fired up but not fired up breaking bottles and breaking through security so thankfully it seems to have been cleared up by now if we look back at very very quickly the semi-final and just sticking with you for this um of course, we had the, 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 the light or the, the pen light that was going into Casper uh, Schmeichel's face. Yeah. We had then the extra football on the field. We had the penalty that wasn't a penalty. Um, those were three lucky things. Do you think England's luck has run out? Well, given that it was counterbalanced by the scandalous free kick that Denmark were allowed to count, um, which shouldn't have been given with a new free kick rule. Um, I think it all balances out. But no, no, in all seriousness, the, um, the penalty was a penalty, whether people like it or not. It was soft, but it was, by the letter of the law, a penalty. The two balls, well, I didn't see the second one. I can't confirm whether I saw it or not. Nobody so, um, did. I, Nobody I, I, did. No in fairness, it was only afterwards. Only afterwards, so we, we, we saw it. OK, listen. Uh, if, if, nobody, if nobody sees the second ball, does it even occur? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, ask Andy Mack about that. Um, OK, look... Um, What's your take on it? Will it be win, lose, or draw? Well, win, lose, draw, penalties. Uh, what do you reckon? Who's going to do it? I, I mean, it, it is genuinely, I do think England will, will win. I think it'll be incredibly tight. I doubt there'll be more than a goal in it. Um, so I do think England will be safe. They've got five at the back of the team lineup. Um, I'm feeling confident. Okay. Peter P., you're from New England. So are you supporting Old England? <laughs> it's, all I'm going to say, it's coming home. Oh my God! Okay, so Peter P is calling England. He did actually call England at the start of the tournament as well. He did call them. All right. Uh, thank you very much to Eastold Andy and Andrew. They'll be back with us, of course, later on. We're going to go out to the break right now. We're coming back with three big hitters of world football. Uh, three more big hitters of world football. We're going to go out with an Italian song with an Irish influence. This is Medusa featuring Dermot Kennedy and Paradise. Back after this with more Euro Cup final build-up. With Alan Moore. Hey, we are Medusa and our track Paradise is radio on Capital FM Moscow. In the fading light, hearts collide, shadows dance in the distance. Something just ain't right, I'm cold inside. Help me find what I'm missing. We're all scared to fly, still we try. Learn to be brave, see the other side Won't you lead me there, have no fear Close your eyes, find paradise Oh my, my, my There's a thousand miles between you and I
When the dark has gone, the morning's won. We're gonna feel something different. We'll set you free if you just tell me every secret I listen. We're all scared to fly, still we try. Learn to be brave, see the other side. Won't you leave me there? Have no fear. Close your eyes, find paradise. Paradise, paradise. Close your eyes, find paradise. Paradise, paradise. Close your eyes, find paradise. Oh, my, my, my. There's a Завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. и выражения, которым вас не учили на уроках английского. Antisocial Nearing Antisocial Nearing Объясняет ведущий программы My Name is Moscow на канале Москва 24 и автор YouTube-канала The Американец Энди Фрека. Antisocial Nearing Это социальная дистанция, это когда все совершенно наоборот. А это человек, который только что приехал в город и не в курсе, что есть глобальная пандемия. И он прямо возле тебя в автобусе, прямо хочет обниматься и не держит дистанцию. Это Antisocial Nearing. Antisocial Nearing Anti-social nearing. Capital School. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are delighted to bring you this segment in partnership with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports consultancy for all your sports events and sports business needs. Folks, we're continuing our build-up uh, to the European Championship final, of course, because it was a year, it's a year late, but we're, we're getting there um, pretty well. We've got three big hitters, that I mentioned already, of world football, of European football and Uh, I think we're very, very lucky to get them on this close to the game because most people are already building up and actually these three dogs will be working with as well. So uh, welcoming in straight away uh, our friend, journalist and author, Johnson O'Brien. Johnson, you're very welcome back to Capital Sports. Thank you, Alan. Good to hear from you. Listen, it's, it's brilliant having you on. Uh, we're also, we also have them on all the way from Dublin as well. ExtraTime.com's editor, Dave Donnelly. Dave, how are you doing? Uh, Dave, great, great to hear you. And of course, we have the Italian football expert, journalist, uh, founder of Sempre Inter and co-host of the Italian football podcast, Nima Ruzzari. Nima, how are you doing? I'm good. Good to be with you. 
Brilliant. Okay, guys, we're going to start off with Jonathan. Jonathan, first question that, you know, people are not asking this. This is me asking this, okay? So I'm not going to say, oh, everyone's asking because this isn't the White House. Um, and you're not Joe Biden. I wish you were, but you're not. Um, are, we seeing the, are we seeing the two best teams in Europe in the final? Uh, certainly Italy, without a doubt. They have looked by far and away the best team in the tournament. And they've certainly played the best football, although that counts for nothing now. They've got to prove it one more time. But there has been a really refreshing uh, lack of caution by Roberto Mancini. Like So often we've seen Italy board the pants off everyone in tournaments and ultra-defensive, staying behind the ball. But not this time. They've been really attack-minded and positive. They're always looking for the next goal. They've been really great. England, on the other hand, are a curiosity. They've looked really, really good in fits and starts and mind-numbingly unimaginable. At other, at other times, they're going to have to step up a couple of levels tonight, I think, because Italy will be by far the best team they have faced. Um, Southgate is very cautious by nature. We all know that by now. And I'm just looking at the team sheets and I see he's picked a five-man defence and two holding midfielders again tonight. He, he'll be well aware that pretty much in every area of the pitch, except one, Italy are superior to England. So they have a better keeper, they have better defenders, and they're certainly a better midfield. The area where England have the edge is up front, and even then it's close because of the good form of Chiesa. So I, I expect it to be close enough tonight, but I think Italy should have the edge. Um, Dave, asking you about that because uh, you know we, we've seen a lot of good teams in this tournament. Okay, we had this like Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale with Denmark. Um, we saw Belgium just coming apart and Spain missing out after playing some lovely football with a lot of young lads. Uh, but are these the two best teams in Europe right now? Um, but certainly the two best, two best performing teams, and possibly the two, possibly the two best teams as well. I just think that we've seen very different routes for both teams to the final. Italy have uh, the well-publicised uh, difficult side of the draw, and and England have had a, a, I suppose, an easier route to route to the final. And as John said, um, they haven't really been been tested to the extent that Italy have. Um, but I think I think if you look back to the semi-final, the you know probably the, the the classic game of the of the championship so far, the Italy against Spain, which is very much uh, I guess a, a contrast in styles with you know Italy's very kind of a I guess reactive sort of um, counter-attacking football and Spain's Spain's all sort of um, I guess possession-based style, and I think maybe that's that's the route that England are going to go. Um, this time around, try and dominate the ball, frustrate them, and maybe uh, rely on, uh, as was pointed out earlier, their, their superior uh, strike force up front. But um, yeah, I suppose in terms of pure talent, England are probably the most talented team of any that's been in the in the competition. But um, in Roberto Mancini, Italy have probably the best coach in the competition. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting match tonight. Nima, um, you're our Italian football expert. That's why I saved the best until last for this question. <laughs> um, now, I know you're, you're side into Milan. You, you've won this, the Scudetta. It's, it was a great year for you guys. Um, of course, the unfortunate uh, situation with Christian Eriksen, of course, aside. Things have looked w- good for Italy throughout this tournament. You know, unbeaten and just playing so, so well. Um, like, our listeners are all thinking that it's going to be Italy. I just see Morat just mentioned, uh, messaged in, he thinks it'll be Italy. Everyone's saying Sempre Italia. Is it a done deal, even though England are kind of slight favourites? Far from a done deal. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, in my opinion, I think we, are, we do have the best attack and the best defence of this tournament. Um, in the final, um, you know, if we disregard all the others, uh, everything else, um, it is England are incredibly have have 
you know, Gareth Southgate has showed that he's that his England are incredibly well organised. Um, he's got a group of players who are very who offer him a lot of tactical flexibility. I mean, today we're seeing them playing a three four two one in attack and a five four one almost in defence. Sim very very similarly. Uh, to how they played against Germany at Wembley. Um, very expected, to be honest, as well. Um, whilst Italy don't really have that flexibility tactically, Roberto Mancini throughout his entire career, one of the main criticisms that, have, that, have, that has been aimed at him has been his inability to change games mid-games and lack of a plan B. He has plan A. At Inter, he had Zlatan, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who constantly saved him when it didn't work. Um, you know, This kind of almost cost him his job at Manchester City as well. Um, he, and, and, and has been a struggle uh, for him throughout his managerial career he, he he's he doesn't he doesn't have a plan b uh, he he goes with plan a until it works um and against spain i think what we saw was 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 a brilliant example of that where luis enrique completely tactically outclassed him um playing with a false nine and you know playing you know packing the midfield and completely outnumbering italy uh, centrally uh, in 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 central midfield playing a very high intensity high pressure passing completely circumventing italy's pressure in midfield and that's something that you know that, that italy that he had no reply to uh, the only reason why they were able to get through that in my opinion is because spain got tired and weren't able to maintain that intensity and pressure tonight you'll see something different i i expect uh, southgate to 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 defend deep and to try to win the ball high up and counter attack i expect harry kane to drop out and raheem sterling to cut in with speed to hurt italy uh, and and kilini and bonucci when we're you know attacking them with the ball at his feet uh, with pace because i mean it, it, the game is taking place at wembley i just ask you to do this mm. one first um, how big is how big of an advantage is it that England are playing the game at Wembley? Well, of course, it's an advantage. There's no doubt about that. I don't think you know. I don't think it will affect the Italian players as much because obviously, you know, these are players who play for Napoli, Juve, Milan, Roma, Inter, Lazio, etc. They're used to playing away every week in a, in a very hostile environment, so in front of eighty thousand people, I mean, that's that's hardly the issue. Um, they're very experienced as well. Um, so no, that, that's not the issue. For me, it's more more this notion that the the effect it will have is it will carry England, and I hope. That it doesn't affect the the refereeing because uh, there's been some controversy surrounding that issue for so. Dave, I mean, if if they're playing out at the you know the, the Tala Community Stadium or they're playing up in Oriel Park or somewhere else, um, it'd be a different story. But Wem- Wembley Wembley has an awful comfort, and uh, Gareth Southgate says it's because of the history of invasions that England have suffered, and that's kind of like you know giving them a bit of a g up. Yeah, I think we can probably leave the uh, the invasions talk for another day. But um, just in terms of, I suppose, the stadium, uh, Gareth Southgate did say after the after the Ukraine game that it was the first time he'd really heard, you know, Wembley Stadium th- the way it was of old. And I guess um, all, all through the pandemic, it's been a little bit. Um, I suppose it's been difficult to uh, to gauge um, what home advantage exactly is. Um, obviously, it's you know, obviously England are going to gain an advantage from it having a mostly hostile. A home crowd. Uh, it's obviously going to work in their favour to an extent, but um, yeah, as Nina said, I, the likes of Chiellini, you know, uh, Benucci, I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed uh, in any sense of the word by 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 a hostile home crowd. And uh, it, you know, in, in a way, maybe with the with with a uh, little real expectation um, in, in terms of them to, uh, I suppose, dictate the game, they might, it might suit them a little bit better. Jonathan, in the, we're going to plug your book in just a minute, um, but in the history of European finals, how big of an advantage is playing at home? 
this particular case, it'll be a huge advantage uh, simply for the historical reason that England hardly ever lose big games at home. Uh, the, the, the big West Germany quarter final in '72 was one notable exception, but there haven't been too many others. And um, you see it in a wider sense too in this European Championship because um, all four semi finalists, uh, eventual semi finalists, played their three group games at home, and that's uh, surely no coincidence. And England have had six home games out of seven fixtures. Some of that fell into our lap because of Ireland's government's uh, failure to cope with the dangers of COVID-19. Uh, we got a third wave of it and Dublin lost the last 16 game between England and Germany, which is perhaps not a bad thing in certain ways when you see the scenes that are unfolding around Wembley Stadium tonight. Um, but I crunched the numbers and no other team in this tournament had more than three home games and 15 out of 24 teams had no home games at all. So yes, overall, it's a massive leg up for England. And whether it proves to be the difference, well, we'll find out tonight. Okay, now uh, you're putting in an updated, well, a 2021 chapter into your book, Euro Summits, the story that's of right. the UEFA European Championships from 1960 to now 2021. Um, that's coming out for Christmas, fingers crossed. Um, Jonathan, um, what's been your high point and low point of the tournament so far? Apart from the carrying on today that we're seeing outside of Wembley, um, by people who should be, you know, nowhere near football in any way, shape, or form. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the low point is what happened to poor Ericsson in, in Denmark's first game. But I, I have two other standard moments that, that uh, um, come to mind. One was um, Mario Gavranovic's equaliser for Switzerland against France. Um, it's the last minute of normal time. He's, it's, it's the moment of his life. He stuck it away when a lot of players would have lost their nerve and totally blown it. Um, incredible coolness in the heat of the moment. The other, the other moment I'll remember from all this is um, Chiellini uh, invading Jordi Alba's space before the penalties between Italy and Spain. Um, he was laughing his head off, but it was a total power move, and it was, it was one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Alba, of course, was completely disgusted and didn't want to know. Now, obviously, you shouldn't read too much into these things, but I... Yeah, Jonathan, we, we, we can't hear you. I have a feeling when I saw that that it's going to be tough. Okay. I, I, just, I was just saying there that I think Chiellini has been the character of the tournament without a doubt. Um, <laughs> he, incredible figure. He, ha- he has a definite career in acting waiting in store for him. Um, very, very... Okay, Dave, your uh, high point, low point, what, what has been standing up for you? What two have some, stood up for you? Uh, well, def- definitely the, the, the Chiellini Alba incident as well. I think everybody, um, I think everybody's going to remember that for a long time. But in terms of action on the pitch, um, I don't think there's been a huge amount of really, really iconic moments. But uh, I guess the the game that really stood out to me, well, apart from maybe in, in the group stages, the attacking. Um, I suppose some of the goals scored by Italy and Netherlands were particularly good, uh, Belgium as well. But uh, for a moment that stands out for me was the um, probably a forgettable game overall, but um, when Ukraine beat uh, Sweden in around the 16 with the um, goal, goal very, very late late on, um, uh, you know, it's just, I, I guess in terms of an unexpected moment, maybe a game, a game turning um, uh, on a knife edge, I suppose it was a particularly uh, exciting moment. Okay, and Neem, uh, your low point, high point, and uh, a standout moment. 
Well, I mean, my 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 high point uh, moment was was will obviously be um, f- uh, when Italy uh, won the penalty. Uh, when, when actually when when Federico Chiesa scored uh, that goal against Austria in the in extra time. This is a player who I've been, inc- been been a huge fan of. I think he's got immense talent. To be honest, I think talent wise, he's the only player in it in Italy today who has the raw talent to one day be able to even be mentioned in the same sentence as a Ballon d'Or. Um, and 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 also in terms of you know the, the but the best player for me is Leonardo Spinazzola. He's a player I've been been a huge fan of for a long time. He's had so many injuries and and now unfortunately he's not there because of an injury. But before that injury, I thought he's the player of the tournament. As for the low point, I think we saw that today. Um, what the the disgusting behaviour of, uh, of some people, you know, over at Wembley, uh, rushing Wembley and 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 the stewards there who were completely left alone and there was no police in sight. Yeah, and we also, of course, uh, Leicester Square, one of the most wonderful oh, parts of London, absolute war zone. So again, these are people that, you know, the, we get these excuses from English media all the time that it's like a, a minority minority, but that hmm. minority seems to be very bloody well active. But anyway, um, and again, one thing I think is, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I just wanted to ask, I just wanted to ask, I mean, one thing that's really, really funny is that there was no police in sight throughout, through all, all of these things that we've seen. Um, but, but when there, when there are people throwing statues of slave owners into rivers or there's a vigil of women holding a candlelight vigil for for someone who was raped for uh, by a police officer who pleaded guilty. They, the police are there ready for action, aren't they? Well, uh, it's, they, it's, they, they they weren't there today. No, it's very very strange, very strange situation yeah, at the moment. Very strange. I love coincidences, don't you? <laughs> okay, going to wrap it up. Neil, start off with you. Uh, your pick for the win tonight. Who, who's going to do it? Um, I, I I can't shake this feeling that I've had all week. Um, that England are going to win it after extra time. And I think Harry Kane is going to score the win at 2-1. Okay, so Ireland are going to gift another win to England. Uh, Dave, <laughs> how about you? So will it be another son of an Irish emigrant uh, bringing home the bacon for England? <laughs> um, you, uh, I can't, like name. I can't really shake the feeling that, um, you know, it, it all seems to be lining up for England. I actually disagree with his analysis of the game. I think it'll be... Uh, Different. I know England have gone with the with the five at the back and two holding midfielders, but I think they they will play a game that's probably not well suited to them. They'll try to to dominate the ball like Spain did, and uh, and hope that's enough to to sort of uh, grind grind Italy down in a in a similar way. Um, as I said, I, I don't think it's a style of football that suits England, but I just have this 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 feeling that uh, Southgate's a bit of a lucky general, and he'll you know he'll he'll somehow manage to do it. Yeah, exactly. Lucky generals are better than good ones. And Jonathan, finally to you. Um, okay, nail your flag to the mast. Is it the cross of Saint George or the tricolour with a little bit of red? Jonathan, no, we, no, we've lost Jonathan. Okay, we've lost Jonathan. Okay. Uh, we don't know. We can't go back. Okay, Peter P is trying to get it back on. Okay, we lost Johnson. Okay, not to worry. Uh, listen, uh, Johnson. Uh, Johnson's book is out uh, again for Christmas. A new updated version that is Eurosummer, so the story of the UEFA European Championships 1960 to ni- or to 2021. Uh, so thank you very very much uh, to Johnson. We just lost him there on the line. Um, thank you very much also to Nima. Nima, uh, the Italian football podcast. That's correct. Yes, that's true. Uh, Italian football podcast available on patreon.com slash TAFB. Brilliant. Uh, I almost said I ditched it in Russian, which is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dave Donnelly, editor of extratime.com, your source for all Irish football related news, correct? 
that's it. Well, I, well, I hope that's true. No, that is that is definitely true. That is definitely true. One of the greatest songs I've had is to uh, write for extratime.com. So thank you very much. Guys, thank you very, very much uh, for your time this evening. I know you're going to be w- working this game, so enjoy it. And best luck to the best team. Cheers. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Okay, folks, we are going out to the break right now. Um, we're going to go a little bit English with this. This is Blur and Park Life, back with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as A morning suit can be avoided if you take a route straight through what is known as John Scott Brewer's group, he gets intimidated by the dirty pigeons They love a bit of him Who's that couple marching? You should cut down on your pork life, mate, get some exercise Except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dustman. I put my trousers on, have a cup of tea, and I think about leaving the house. I feed the pigeons, I sometimes feed the sparrows too. It gives me a sense of enormous well-being. And then I'm happy for the rest of the day. Safe in the knowledge there will always be a bit of my heart devoted to it.
Tomorrowland presents Around the World, the Digital Festival. Journey back to the magical island of Papaleonum and celebrate with people from all over the world. You go Discover new digital stages and the best artists. Around the world. Friday, July 16th and Saturday, July 17th. Info at CapitalFM.Moscow. Capital Commercial. Киноканал Fun запускает конкурс любительского и профессионального косплея. Косплей по фану. Если ты смелый и дерзкий, находчивый и умелый, тогда этот конкурс для тебя. С 1 по 31 июля создай образ любимого героя, сфотографируйся и размести фото с хэштегом Косплей по фану на своей странице ВКонтакте. Подробности в условиях конкурса, организаторе, призах и порядке их получения на ВК слэш аниме. 12 ⁇ Девочки, которые доверяют своим отцам, как правило, выстраивают лучшие и наиболее длительные отношения со своими бойфрендами. Теперь и вы это знаете. Okay, welcome back, folks. I hope you enjoyed that bit of uh, park life with Blur. Uh, of course, they were the uh, anti, well, the Antichrist to Oasis. Uh God or the other way around. Um, okay, so uh, meant to mention the last segment, of course, was brought to you by Mash Business Consulting, Europe, uh, Europe and Russia's number one sports business consultancy. Right, we're going to start off right away with the uh, big fat filthy quiz. We're waiting for Alex B to pick up on uh, the call for the big fat filthy quiz. He was there, as we were speaking a little bit earlier on, but not yet available. Um, Peter P, he is going to pick up. We hope. I, I hope so, but again, again, he, he just fa- he's he's scared to face me. The the, the returning master, champion, yeah. <laughs> the quiz master. The quiz master. Okay, right. <laughs> if he, uh, yeah, Derek, you're okay. You can mute for a moment. <laughs> you're okay. You're there. We hear you. We see you. Right, uh, folks. Uh, we're going in the following order. We're going. Oh, by the way, Johnson O'Brien has said that even though that on paper Italy are stronger. Okay, even though they're on paper, they're stronger. Football, of course, is not played on paper, but he still backs Italy to win it. Even though everything's going England's way, the dodgy penalty, the light shining in the eyes, the fans booing, fans behaving, uh, strange decisions, and even some very, very good play as well, he just thinks that Italy have that little bit too much. Okay, Alex, Alex B is with us, so all is good, Peter P. Right, so we're going to go in the following order, folks, okay? Uh, Derek... Then Andy Mack, then Andrew Flint, then Isil Cody, then Double N, and then Alex B. So we're all ready, folks? Everyone's silent. Okay. Ready, ready yeah. to roll. Ready to roll. Yeah. Okay. Don't let the Englishman win. It'll be a bad omen. Alex. <laughs> this responsibility is on you. You know, it used to be the joke that we had, like when we were kids, like playing. We must play for like a team that, like you know, kind of always need to lose. Always seem to manage to lose, uh, like matches. And we said that if we win the coin cost, we do a lap of honor. So that was kind of enough for us. I think that that could be the case tonight. Right, straight away. So uh, NHL teams, NHL teams, defunct teams. Straight away with Derek. Okay, uh, Derek, a nice easy one for you. You have to tell me the name of the city where they are, okay? Or the name of the well, city. So the Thrashers, the Thrashers. Name of an um, American city. It's it, American it, city, not Canadian. I'll give you a hint. Okay, okay. 
Um, 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 uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You have it's to say CNN. a city. Yeah, have to say. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right, Derek, zero. <laughs> and I'm going to give you minus five for that. It's Atlanta, Atlanta. The hint was CNN. Okay. Uh, okay, straight away to Andy Mack. Andy Mack, for you, the Quakers. The Quakers. Um, that's, um, it's always sunny, isn't it? Uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> well done. The city of brotherly love. Okay. Uh, five <laughs> points for Andy Mackin. That sounded worse than it should have. All right. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, the scouts, the scouts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're, we talk about city of brotherly love, then Andy Mackin and scouts. There's something seriously wrong with this. Right. Okay. Andrew, scouts. <laughs> What? I'm going to do a B to B. What sport are we talking? <laughs> Ice hockey. <laughs> be, be, be careful. Peter P is a warden. He's a warden. He's awarding the points. Yes, scouts. Yeah. Scouts. Uh, Sacramento. No, Kansas City. Kansas City. Not, not, okay, well, it's far away. Okay, Isolt Cody, the Barons. The Barons. Can I get a hint? Yeah, it's in ice hockey. No, okay, okay. It's 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 a Midwest. It's a, it's a place close to your heart. I'll put. I'll say that to you. <laughs> and at the opposite end as well. I'm, I'm going to say it. it ha- well, the place close to my heart is Cincinnati, but that's your answer. Since- I'm go- but you said close to my heart. Yeah, well, it's a defunct team. They're a team that used to be a team, formerly known as a team. Now they're defunct. So, are you going to go Cincinnati? I'm just going to go with Cincinnati. Okay, you should go with Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland's close to my heart. They're close to your your heart's in Cincinnati. Cleveland's not far away. It's in the same state. That's like saying I might as well say Tipperary is quite close to Donegal. It is. Okay, compared to Cincinnati and Cleveland, it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, I w- I was, I'm glad you didn't say Cork. I would have been worried. I would have said that's like that's the moment when you say like you know oh I really love Cork. That's the moment when people know she's been held hostage. She's been held against her will. <laughs> so okay, right. Uh, double N question for you. The flames. The flames. Now I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. The, the, this we've already named this city. We've already named the city. Come on, quick, answer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say, let's say, let's say, um, I'm out of answers, but let's say New York. I don't know, we didn't name it. But... <laughs> then why, why did you say New York? <laughs> if I said we already named it. Oh my God, Atlanta, Atlanta. They went on to become the Calgary Flames. Right, and finally, finally, thank God we're finished this round. Uh, Alex B, question for you. Wanderers, wanderers. The Wanderers. Yeah. The. Um, what city are they from, or where are they from? The. The Mahajkala Wanderers. No, it's a, no, it's it's okay. It's a, it's a city in Canada. I'll give you a hint. Oh. <laughs> Get them off! The, the, Get them off! The wanderers. The Wanderers from Thunder Bay. 
No, Montreal, Montreal. Okay, right. So I think only one person got a point out of that. The only person yeah, was... it was Andy. He got five points. Right, so Monday. Okay, here we go. Right. And Peter P got none. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm the quiz master. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, watch how many points you'll be getting. Watch how many points you will be getting. <laughs> I'm going to mute you yeah, both no, now. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Hold on. I'm in charge of the sound here, right? Here we go. Part two, part two. All right, so starting off with Derek. Southgate urges fans... To what? To be positive. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's giggling with this one. All right, go on, Derek. Come on, quick, quick, quick. Uh, maybe to be positive. Mm, I'll give you two points for that. To roar England to victory. Roar England to victory. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, this is Andy Mack. Okay, this is from Rio Ferdinand. No what allowed? He said firecrackers this. in bums. <laughs> firecrackers uh, in bums. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to give him three points for that one. <laughs> no egos allowed. Okay, that's that's the that's the the key to England's success. No egos allowed. Right, Andrew Flint. Uh, <coughs> this is a good one. How Spain's oh, terrifying what conquered the world? This is of course when they were a good team between 2008 and 2012. How Spain's terrifying what conquered the world? Do not well, take I was going to say Armada because England get invaded by everybody, but um, <laughs> probably better not say that. Um, oh, God, sorry, I'll say they're Armada. <laughs> All right, give him, give him three points for that one. No, it's confidence, confidence. Very good, very good. Okay, uh, Eastold, over to you. Inspirational healing England, England team are a what? Inspirational healing England team are a what? Um... Inspirational team are a complete opposite to the fans on display. <laughs> okay, I'm going, to give, I'm going to give you three points for that. No, a unifying force. <laughs> I'm good. All right, a unifying force. Sure it wasn't a bunch of diving cheats. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, would you agree with that? A bunch of diving cheats. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Oh, uh, One person diving. So, like, cheat. Andrew, you're right. Thanks okay. for correcting. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, double N. On their Majesty's what service? This is going very James Bond. On their Majesty's what service? Secret service. That that actually would be correct, but of course, this is the English media we're speaking about, and it's hard enough for them to like you know type with one hand down their pants. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, it's a final service. I'm going to give you four points because oh. uh, you 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 were, you did the right thing. You actually tried to well be good on. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. This is finally Alex B. Alex B. Come on, get off the mark here. Okay, you have to get some points on the board. Okay, don't be a don't be a, a raptor. Okay, put some points on the board. Passion. <laughs> All right. We'll okay. Goes. <laughs> Passion, tactics, and a lot of what? How Mancini will inspire Italy. Passion, tactics, and a lot of what? How Mancini will inspire Italy. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, actually, you're probably right. I'm going to, I'm going to give him six points for that one because or, or, or a lot, of, a lot of time served. <laughs> time served. <laughs> it's a lot of swearing, but I, I've given you six points. Well done. Okay, now we're finally, finally, <clears throat> we're coming into the last round. We've only got a couple minutes to go, so uh, here we go. This is England versus Italy. Okay, England versus Italy. All right. So all the facts of the matches that they played against each other. So, uh, Derek. Come on, this is 10 yeah. points. You get, got to get something on the board for Zambia, okay? So here we go. England have played Italy how many times? 27, 28, or 29? 27, 28, or 29? Oh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm guessing 28. Oh, 27, 27. Okay, okay, here we go. How many draws have there been? Okay, how many draws have there been, Andy Mack? Seven, eight, or nine? Um, Come eight. on, then. Eight, well done. Ten points for Andy Mack. Ten points for Andy Mack. Okay. Uh, Andrew Flint, since 1980, okay, there have been 14 games between England and Italy, okay? How many have been Italy losses? Two, four, or three? Two, four, or three? Uh, because it's you asking, I'm guessing it's two. Ooh, four. Four. I'm, see, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to inspire you a wee bit. But anyway, <laughs> right. I didn't trust you. <laughs> there you go. All right, Esalt, over to you now. I know that you're getting out your tricolour and you're painting the last little orange bit red. Uh, so, true or false? So the first eight times they played, England lost only once. True or false? The first eight times they played, uh, that England lost only once. True or false? I'm going to go with false and hope they lost more. Yes, you're correct. They lost Woo! none. They lost none. They won four and drew four. <laughs> so sorry. I know that just brought down your joy of winning ten points. <laughs> That's a, all right. Uh, all right. So England have played. Okay, so this is a question for Dublin. England have played Italy in the European Championship. How many times? Three, two, or one? Three, two, or one? Come uh, on, Dublin. I go with three. Oh, you should have gone with two. You should have gone with two, ah, okay? Almost. And finally, Alex B. Here we go. This You could win it with this. I think Alex B., can he win with this? He, he most definitely can't, okay. since I'm the quiz master. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. Of the 27 matches that have been played, okay, between England and Italy since 1933, how many times has been more than one goal between them? Either it was like no goals between them or... One. So, how many times has it been more than one goal between them? Two, six, or four? Two, six, or four? Uh, I'll say four. You should have said six. You should have said six. Okay, Peter P., who was our winner tonight? Uh, Andy McLean. Ah, oh, Mark. Well with done. With 18 points. The dominator, Scotland. And, and of course, Alex B., as usual, at yeah. the bottom of the chart. No, well, he listened. He, he hung in. He hung in tonight. Okay, very, very quickly, uh, Alex B. Who are you back in uh, England or Italy? Uh, what would Peter P say? Uh, he said England. <laughs> England. He said England. You're going Italy. It's England. Oh, that, that's actually pretty convenient. I was going to say Italy no matter what. Okay. <laughs> Do, double N. Who are you going for? 
Um, I'd go for England. England, okay. Derek, uh, you went against England. Who do you reckon? Italy or England? Italy, Italy. Italy, okay. All right, so Italy. It's a real mix, actually. It's almost 50-50 going for England and Italy. Okay, folks, thank you very much, guys. Uh, enjoy the game. And, of course, may the best team win. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, we'll leave the guys on the line. Peter P., thank you for being back in studio with us. Thanks for having me. Okay, folks, in just a minute, the, uh, the, uh, already the, uh, the national anthem is being played. The game will get underway in just one moment, or in a minute. So we're going to go out right now, uh, because no matter what happens, tomorrow will be, as you two say, a beautiful day. This has been Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore. I'm back with you at 10 o'clock next Sunday evening. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Is a blue 